Ladies and gentlemen, grab your drinks and popcorn. Terry's feature is about to begin. Welcome to Celluloid Codswallop. And welcome to this week's Celluloid Codswallop. Uh, on this week's episode, I am joined, as ever, by the wonderful, the lovely Joanne. Good evening, Joanne. Hello, Halston. How are you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we, we're giving it away slightly on this one, and we may have to release some sort of visual for this. I have always said to Joanne that I would cosplay. And I've never got round to it, and we've discussed various things I could go as. But for this uh, episode, it was fitting that we are discussing the uh, little uh, miniseries about the designer Holston. And I took this as the opportunity to dress up as close as I could to him. So hence the, the hair and the uh, the uh, the uh, roll neck top. Uh, the only thing that's not too accurate is uh, the, the beard and the lack of cocaine. But... We will endeavour <laughs> to produce. We need a photograph. You need a photograph of this. This needs to go up on the Instagram page and it needs to go up on the group because this is absolutely brilliant. And do you know what you need to do as well? You need a wee bit of talcum powder or sugar or something. Just sort of wet it and dab it on your nose. Just ever so slightly. <laughs> for, the re- for the release picture, yes. Yes. Um, the sniffing is not a drugs problem with me. I do actually have a slightly runny nose. Um, so, as I said, we're going to be discussing a uh, miniseries that came out on Netflix called Holston, which was all about the uh, the fashion designer Holston. Now, I have to confess, I'd never heard of the chappy before. Uh, I actually was grabbed, my attention was grabbed by this uh, from the trailer for it, which was very atmospheric and discussed uh, his his uh, wish to change the fashion industry and it was uh, had a brilliant uh, piece of music with it which was um, enjoy the sounds by depeche mode and i looked and thought this is an interesting trailer because i'd seen a little link for it on uh, uh, facebook i sent it over to joanne to see what she thought of it and you seem to quite like it too you thought it was an interesting thing to to watch I did because I love all the fashion things and it kind of slightly reminded me of Pose a bit, which is also on that was on the BBC iPlayer. And I think it was it's maybe on Netflix as well. Absolutely fantastic series about the the ballroom culture in New York in the 80s because it takes in, you know, the element of AIDS and um, the the problem that that the trans people were having. Well, at that time and and now, to be perfectly honest, and it was just fascinating. And I thought that just it did remind me of it. So I think. I had heard of Halston a bit, but I didn't really recognize it. In fact, at one point you mentioned it to me again, and I thought you were just recommending some uh, pickle-based condiment. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, like you, didn't really have a knowledge of uh, the designer. But so with regard to Halston, it wasn't somebody that either of us were particularly aware of. Now, if we were probably of a certain age in American uh, or just of a certain age, you probably mean a lot more to us. Now, I have a hunch, uh, I'm not 
but I obviously can't ask unless I get the old Ouija board out, uh, that my mother had a few things by him, and I have a hunch she certainly had the perfume bottles. Oh, I was absolutely intrigued by the perfume. I thought, I wonder what it smells like, because I don't know whether anybody's still producing that, and I I would say even empty bottles at the moment would be worth a fortune. But yeah, she def- I'm sure she had the, because I recognised the bottle design, had a memory of it from being a child. Uh, and I, But I believe it's still about. Uh, but we're muddying the waters. So to explain, so neither of us had a clue. We'd seen this wonderful trailer, so we gave it a whirl. And to give an idea, Holston, well, his actual name was not Holston. It was Roy Holston Froick. And he went by the name of Holston. And he was born in 1932. And he rose to prominence as his shown in the show in the 60s when he designed the pillbox hat that Jackie Kennedy uh, was known for. And you see at the start of the show that there's a real interest in that product and that hat. And this woman's not saying, it's, you know, you're the guy designed this sort of thing. He's going like, God bless Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> but being the bitchy sort Holston is, uh, Ewan McGregor playing him responds later on after you know, obviously, uh, I'm assuming after the assassination uh, of John F. Kennedy, uh, and she's not wearing hats as much, he responds with, fuck. <laughs> I know. He takes the mickey out of her big, big, big hairdo and the fact that she won't put a hat on it again. I mean, Holston, this is quite typical of him, that he, he almost reacts in, in many ways. His sarcasm is a baseline for him. His mm. bitchy sarcasm is a baseline because even whenever he's praised and he's doing really well, it's like... You know, I, I know. Sure, I'm worth it anyway. I'm brilliant. And whenever he's down on his luck, he still thinks he's brilliant. He's unflappable that way. His, he totally believes in himself at all times. It's almost like I got the impression in some ways that, well, I don't know what the real person's like. And I certainly would be interested in watching the documentary that, that I know you'd seen as well. Yeah. That Holston was two people. Holston was uh, this figure that was larger than life. And the fact, apparently, he was called Holston by his family as well to separate him from his uncle Roy. So Mm -hmm. obviously, I think a a designer label called Roy might not have done just as well. So it was a good choice for him. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I want to smell like Roy. (laughs) Smelling like Roy is not really something that most people would want to do, especially if it's Roy from Carnage Street, too. It just it doesn't. It's not the same. (laughs) Dressed by Roy. (laughs) Just my just smelling of chips and brown nylon is not really something that most people want. But yes, and then there was, of course, there was the who he maybe really was, because we see as well within it that his persona, he he almost like like you're dressed at the moment. He almost cosplays himself because there is a scene where he's standing in front of the mirror and he puts on it looks like a darker foundation and he slicks his hair back and his voice changes and he has a sweater on and it's just suddenly Holston becomes not just a label, but a persona for this man. And it's it's fascinating. Obviously, it was always there for him, but it just, it just, it just becomes him 24-7. It's interesting how he starts out, because as an aide, to have it running in the background. Obviously, when you see him starting out, he's dressed very much in suit at the time. Uh, you know, the interesting thing, and it'd be, you can't, again, can't work out how much truth there is behind it. We see him picking up a man in a bar, and it very much becomes something throughout the show that his choice of finding companionship uh, with men is just by picking up 
random men, but also picking up prostitutes, which, to be fair at the time, makes sense because probably homosexuality would still have been illegal. And a lot of the time, I think he was just interested in sex. But he, uh, when he makes a de- he makes a decision that's interesting because it starts out he's known for the hat, the hat. Is lost because it's mainly I don't I think it's also the fact that as you said, Jackie Kennedy's his big thing had stopped wearing the hat, but also hats are going out of fashion and he, he had to really find a way of reinventing himself, which is when he decided to start going into clothing and making clothing uh well, predominantly it's women's clothing, wasn't it? Uh and as a way of pushing himself more so he's out there and known by people, he links up with one of his friends who is Liza Minnelli. Yes, uh, she was makes great. A, she, the, the lady playing her was very good. Um, I mean, oh, I find... Wonderful. I like Liza Minnelli. I suspect if I met her in real life, she'd send me do Lally, though. <laughs> but then so I, would Holston, because Holston oh God, was, yeah. was cruel uh, as well as kind. I mean, he was just... You never knew what Holston you were going to get. Being his friend must have... It must have been nerve-wracking at times. I think well, maybe Lisa maybe got the better of him. Got the best of him, sorry, not got the better of him, but maybe she was the one that he felt the most comfortable with. I, I found it very interesting when you saw the change in... He wasn't able to sort... Because one of the people who worked with him, who was also a fellow designer, uh, was saying to him, you need to make a product that really stands out, that me, that means we know it's you. Because at that point, he was looking at various bits of clothing, and it just wasn't working. Um, now, he he went into the to the place of work he'd got, and uh, he also needed funding as well. And he had a very specific person working with him who was a – started out as a, uh, a uh, front shop room design, you know, doing the, the, the shop fronts of places, and helped him sort of – was basically like tie-dye clothing or design clothing um, – now, I'm going to ask you, did you know who that was? Yes, that was a heck of a shock. It was Joel Schumacher. <laughs> well, that explains probably why Batman and Robin happened with the nipples on their suits. <laughs> I I had no idea he was a designer of any description that way. I just automatically thought it had always been filmed for him. I, did, I didn't really know. I only really came across him, I suppose, through the Batman stuff. He's not somebody that I particularly followed as a director but yeah it was a bit of a shock and there was also a hint there was actually a bit that it shows that Holston is telling him not not to do drugs but Joel says that he wasn't doing hard drugs when he was working for him he had actually come off them by that time so whether he was just smoking weed in the toilets or not I don't know but certainly the film gave the impression that at that point uh, Holston was more wholesome that way and 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 that's what maybe that's the bit that differentiates the start and the end of the series are the drugs. And it was interesting to see that, I mean, we're kind of compartmentalized in the first episode, but it was interesting to see that. Um, he, he, and it's an element that I think you see throughout with Holston. He got what he needed from Joel Schumacher. And then Mm-hmm. Just, he just disappears. Yeah, he, he just sort of pushed him to one side, but um, <clears throat> yeah, well, he pretty much kicked him out, got rid of him, and sort of said, "Get your shit together, <laughs> mm-hmm. get your act together, leave." Yeah, 
I, I mean, he was, well, if the miniseries is to be, be to believed, he kind of saved Holston because Holston was on his, was on his um, down at that point. Yeah. He just was not. The designs that he had come forward with, that, that black and white show that he did. And did you notice how quiet everything was in the in the, in the shows? Yeah. There was no music playing in the background. That really jarred with me. All you could hear is the click, click, click of the model's heels, which also, it, that was almost like a staccato for, um, do you know whenever you see the, the Wild West and you see the tumbleweed? And that's what it was like. It <laughs> yeah. was like a fashion a fashion version of tumbleweed. You'd see click, click, click as the models walked along and nobody was making any sounds. Nobody was breathing in, gasping, going, oh, this is fabulous. And his designs were just, well, they weren't him. And yet when Joel came along with the tie-dye designs and he just, he, it was quite simple. He just cut a hole in the middle of one of them and then designed from there because it seemed to be that he liked to design on the model and it had to be the fabric that it was in as well. It all took off from there, but so I wonder, I wonder did how Schumacher felt about him at that point. I mean, it was interesting to think how influential Schumacher was for him at that first point, um, and it was kind of running at that point. Holston made the decision, didn't he, of what he was going to uh, run with as his sort of design, and they said that a lot of thing on his clothing it became very much this sort of like flip floated light sort of fabric that became the main thing that he was sort of known for but it's interesting after that point in the first episode in the show is when he starts pursuing this look that I'm copying somewhat successfully here where <laughs> somebody decides right you know I'll slick the hair back I'll put on the the, the tan I'll uh, wear the 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 roll neck which sort of just became his standard look at this point and I think it became noticed with people that he was sort of also changing the way he he interacted with people and the way he wanted to be perceived by people. And where it sort of crosses over with the documentary I saw is the fact that the accent he had did not in any way match where he was from. And you kind of see no. the, the start of the show that he didn't come from a well-off background. There's certainly some sort of violence going on in the home against his mother. And he says the reason he designs things is to try and, well, at that point was to help her make her feel better. And it was obviously the Holston brand, the Holston name. It's a disassociation with who he was or where he came from and trying to, to show what he is because at the start it was he was very much in the sort of dog eat dog world wasn't he where things uh, were difficult for him and even with the product he was selling things were difficult for him mm-hmm. yeah nobody wanted to after the hats the hats seemed to be the big thing he was a milliner for a very famous hat designer back then too and he was in that department store and it was all going well and once Jackie Kennedy stopped wearing his hats that was it the he he, they, he was advised to produce a, a female fashion clothing line. And he was yeah. he certainly had a certain element of luck because he had gone out in a limb renting out that building. I mean, at one point, they can't even afford a light bulb. And Elsa, who is one of his models, <laughs> comes in and, and he's livid because he's trying to design at the time. I mean, there is nothing worse than if you're the sort of creator type and you're trying to design and you keep getting interrupted. And he was he just could not could not do anything at all. And he was lucky as well that he had the support of, oh, his name's gone out of my, Joe, isn't it Joe that is his artist? Is that a chap with a tash? Yes. Yeah, oh. That's a good question. Who was it? Let's find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
Joseph Eula or Eula, uh-huh. who's a fashion Joseph. illustrator. Yeah. Yeah. So Joseph is he is he is also the muse because really in many respects I think the other thing that the, the series shows is the muse that Halston was certainly inspired by people around him because uh, mm. it definitely um, I think the series actually demonstrates quite well that creativity is not just a solo project. Yeah. If you're that good, you will actually use the people around you, whether for good or for bad, because it can kind of fluctuate with Halston. But certainly his creative team and the people that he had to support him, like um, Liza Minnelli and Elsa and Joseph and Schumacher and all the other people that he came into contact with and who also funded him and pushed him. he would I don't think he would have got anywhere. He, he's quite lucky considering how badly he treated some people that they were still there for him. So there must have been elements of him that were very kind and decent. Or did these people just say something, see something absolutely brilliant in him that they wanted well, they wanted to support and actually get something from him in return? I, I think it was probably because you see it in the first episode when he dresses Liza Minnelli. He kind of whips all the clothing off her and then creates yes. this the, the <laughs> fabric on her. Um, but it was interesting to see that really, I mean, he created this thing that people liked. And he had like you know he had El- Elsa Peretti modelling for him and doing those sort of things, but he really and it becomes apparent in the second episode if it wasn't for David Mahoney funding him, he would have been screwed and the support he was getting because I think he went to Versailles Versailles didn't he? That was mm-hmm. where there was the his big sort of fashion stuff went on and it became. Um, it became known, didn't it? Became this really big thing, and he's. Yeah. But even when he went to Versailles, it was still not running as well as it could do because they weren't. How can I best put it? They were sort of treated as second best there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any real interest in them, was there? And he, nope. he he trumped that by sort of saying, right, well, I've used Liza Minnelli to do a musical number for me. And we'll get something designed that'll stand out and look brilliant. Um, the thing throughout, though, with Holston is, as you sort of said earlier, I'm pretty sure that if you, as a person, he had some wonderful things that he could produce. But I think he'd drive you batty because the way he treated some of his, you know, his, the people throughout um, was not so good. But again, he saw himself as this wonderful genius, and even, uh, you know. His fun, the guy who funds him, played by was it? It was Bill Pullman, wasn't it? Who plays Mahoney? Mm-hmm. Was saying, "My wife thinks you're a genius, but I think you know that'll mean you're just going to become lazy." Sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, certainly his his backer just seen him as a problem child. He's he's yeah. seen that he could make money from, but I also got the impression that he was kind of fond of him. But at the same time, there was a because much later on, whenever everything starts to go to shit. For that man, uh, I think Holston really missed him. That was the, you know, that that was the feeling of it. That yes, it maybe was a bit acrimonious to start off with, but there was a real working relationship after a while, and they really relied on each other. And Holston, I think, needed people that he could shout at, but that, that <laughs> would come back at him again and say, "Get yourself sorted out and just fix things." But they they needed to be somebody that he 
respected as well because if you didn't have Holston's respect you might as well not be in the room he just wasn't interested in you either as a creator or as a financial person it had to be yeah you almost had Holston's one of these people that you had to persuade him it was his idea all along I think we've all had bosses like that yeah where yeah or you say to them blah 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 but you put it in a certain way that you convinced them it was their idea the first time and you just have to kind of put up with that for an easy life. And then the hope that whenever you hear it back again and you hear them saying it was their idea, that you just have to unfortunately grin and bear that. Because Unfortunately, what happened to me one time, one job years ago, that somebody kept doing that on me. And lucky enough, I don't have that now. And um, I complained about it. <laughs> I ended my contract. <laughs> wow. Because I just wouldn't let them away with anything. And in the end, it was a case of, mm, well... We can replace her, but we can't really replace him. <laughs> no, when he told me my, my contract was finished, I told him where to stick it anyway. Nice. It was, I also just chime in with your comment about not to annoy creative people. Uh, I uh, certainly disturbed them. And I just keep having flashbacks to like, when I message you and you go, I'm gluing something. <laughs> I know. I'm always gluing something. I sit in my study just working away at things for hours on end. I'm terrible. You can't. Right now, whenever I'm working on something and my phone starts to ping, I, I just I just have to ignore it or I will throw it against the wall as well. I apologize. So I can understand that. Oh, no, it's all right. It's not you. <laughs> the easiest thing would be for me to just take the the phone off the, the, wife, the Wi-Fi, but you know, it's like you know, there's always a fear that you're going to miss something. <laughs> yeah, something that you need. Um, uh, I mean, watching this show also, you can sort of see Holston for an his creativity is going well. He's got the ability to get funding from Mahoney. The wheels start to come off when two things happen. He meets a, a male prostitute because he, he seems to, as I said, like picking up male prostitutes, which when you think about it logically for the time makes sense because probably, it's, I mean, I still think the thing you see in the first episode where he picks up a guy in a bar, which I don't, don't know if that was meant to be gay bar, but for the time period, that would be quite a risky thing to do and quite mm-hmm. a, a both legally and physically dangerous thing to do. So he seems to spend a lot of his time having sex with prostitutes, which clearly doesn't help him in the long run for, for things that become apparent. But he meets a guy called Victor Hugo. <laughs> which, uh, Victor Hugo off the massive cock by all reputation. <laughs> Well, I believe that was, in fact, Victor Hugo's real name. It wasn't like there was some made-up name for him. Uh, the wheels really start coming off when he gets with him, though. You know, it really yeah. does start going wrong at that point. Um, because, for one thing, he starts doing coke like it's going out of fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, levels of cocaine abuse that... <laughs> How the hell he survived up to that point? I have no idea. It's a wonder he did no D actually at some point. And, and Victor, Victor actually apparently had worked with Andy Warhol. He was an artist as well, and he, and he worked with Andy Warhol. He might have been one of Warhol's muses as well, which Andy Warhol actually doesn't feature in this series, which shocks me. Maybe that's maybe they thought he was too big a character to bring in this. Um, and that's just a pity. I would have liked to have seen Warhol in it because. Warhol and Bianca Jagger and uh, Liza Minnelli. I keep going to call her Eliza Doolittle for some reason. That's why I keep pausing every time I say her name. Liza Minnelli, they were all sort of the thing at Studio 54. 
But yet, Victor, I think Victor was maybe the other drug for Halston. Yeah. Uh, because at one point, Eric asks him to choose. Eric is his other lover that you had mentioned earlier. Eric asks Halston to choose between him and Victor. And unfortunately for Halston, he chooses he chooses Eric. Or no, sorry, he chooses Victor. And I remember I screamed at the TV at the time, no, that's the wrong one, that's the wrong you, one. You can see it's not going to work because you get the impression yeah. that Eric at least cares about him. Uh, yes, and probably has, And certainly has a better interest uh, in the way the company will, will operate. And it's very interesting watching the way um, that, that, that things are going when he goes to uh, Versailles that – they're under extreme pressure, and you can see when Holson's prompts very fueled by coke and uh, panic is the fact that he's up against, he feels he's up against the wall because the contract he he has to set, the contract that Mahoney's given him is basically like, I will give you money, but it was getting, am I correct in thinking he was getting more creative control over his product and influence over his product? Yeah, I th- think that the push was to actually get Holston to create more and diversify. Yes. Holston, yeah, okay. basically Mahoney would control the money side of things and Holston would have enough money that he was free pretty much to do whatever. I mean, he was raking in millions back then at a time where, well, millions would be great now, but millions back then and, and that an old-fashioned money must have been absolutely huge. He was a multi-millionaire. But well, the thing and he was lucky because Mahoney was happy enough to, to deal with the business side of things, as long as Holston brought brought the product to the table. And unfortunately, Holston dries up a wee bit. He's like a lot of creative people. He's all guns um, initially to start off with. He gets very enthusiastic. He designs for an airline. He does this. He does that. He does the other things. And then after a while, he gets simply bored. Um mm. Possibly he had ADHD. He just it was hard to have to settle him down to to anything at all. Something would take his fancy for a while, and then off he'd go again. He'd have to, he has to have replace it with something else. The ADHD thing is actually quite an interesting idea uh, because he clearly has, and yeah, he doesn't seem to have very much ability to focus. And he wants to go bigger and bigger and bigger, and. In the program I saw, which was talking about his the the real man himself, it it's amazing to see what happened. And pro, and I think part of the problem he had is that and he's touched upon in the show is the brand got diluted a bit too much and a bit cheapened. Because once he'd said, mm-hmm. right, I'll she so worked for JC. Was it JC Penny at this point? It was, that, yeah. Or did it go later? He ended up working for these people because me Mahoney was. Mahoney owns huge, large amounts of companies. Um, but you obviously see, you know, interest where from Holston deciding he wanted to make a perfume, which it is the thing I kind of recognised watching it because it is, if I was to put money on it, I'm sure my mother had it because the bottle, I remember <laughs> seeing it in the bathroom. Um, and that was something that Elsa created because, but he was like, he was again being really difficult. So I was saying it must be this bottle shape. Mm-hmm. It has to be like this. Um, and you even, you know, they, they, they decide, okay, you know, they're going to go with Elsa's design, but it's how he goes and sees the uh, perfumery woman or perfume air. I think they said, that's like, that was a really intense thing. Cause wasn't it? 
it it wasn't like it's when the woman said you know this will bring all memories and things uh and you know and and may have an emotional impact and i'm thinking like what it's perfume <laughs> but but there are there are certain smells that that take you back there are definitely I'm, and i have old perfumes from years ago and i if i sniff them or or I go, oh, I remember I was doing such and such and so and so back then. But it's quite interesting because whenever she first tries to get him to come up with a perfume idea, it's all quite light in terms of it's not the real him. It's he's putting on a front at that time. And those smells that he picks aren't Holston until he goes back and sees her again the next time. And he takes the homework with him that she had set him. And one of the things is Victor Hugo's jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the tobacco, I thought, yeah, that was great in the explanation, and there was something else I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And then Victor Hugo's jockstrap. I, I mean, I got that was I one got hell of a tobacco. shot. <laughs> I got tobacco because I love the smell of fresh cigarettes. Um, mm-hmm. Always have done. Uh, and you can get tobacco in certain aftershaves. Uh, I think I've got it in one of my uh, florist ones actually. Um, but I'm not gay. But if you know, and I've never felt the urge to sniff a woman's underwear. It's just not my bag. <laughs> it works for if it works for you know if there's any of the salty tadpoles out there love it. You know, hey, I'm intrigued to know why. And secondly, yeah, hey, I I know people that are into up. that or that were into that. I don't know whether that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about people who who enjoy dirty underwear. Can I don't understand that one? <laughs> oh, well, look, actually. The weirdest thing happened to me earlier. Um, for some reason on my Instagram account today, I've had two people who follow me that are foot fetishes. That are foot fetishes, yes. And uh, so this is a complete aside here. <laughs> We're getting into this. Hey, hey, 21st century, baby. We can do just whatever you want. <laughs> Which sort of surprises me because my feet are not in any of... I mean, if anything with Instagram, it cuts the page down. So you can never see... You can never even see below the hip bones half the time. <laughs> Most of the, yeah. Two foot fetid. Foot porn. Foot porn, yeah. So some porn is yeah. Absolutely huge. Foot porn is absolutely huge. So yeah, uh, there are there are some day for every, and there is no kink shaming on this podcast. None at all. I was just saying, for me, it's a shame I don't have nice feet because I could. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I, I find somebody's into weird feet, then I could probably make some. <laughs> there was a friend of mine, actually, in one of the clubs I'm in, and every time we would have gone away every year, I used to keep Davy going about his feet. He would have worn his sandals, and Davy has great feet. <laughs> not, not the rest of Davy. Davy has great feet. And so there's video, there's, there's footage of me chasing his feet around in the bar. Davy, we need pictures. We can make some money. <laughs> let's, no, let's talk. Great feet. <laughs> yeah. Olsen does clothes and perfume. I, I can sell foot porn. <laughs> well, there you go. I can put you in. We've already got two customers there on my Instagram account if we need anybody for foot porn. <laughs> but um, on the show, it was interesting. I mean, there, there are elements of you could see where Holston was really going great guns. And he had he, he moved into this new apartment. Oh, it was gorgeous, wasn't it? It's phenomenal. And it looks like that in reality. I've seen the pictures it? from it. Yeah. But the thing is, you could move into there now, and that style yeah. is back again. It's absolutely timeless. In fact, when I seen it, I did think, surely it can't look like that, because that looks like a modern apartment. Clean line, minimalist. But then that was his brand. He was minimalist. When you look at his clothes, I mean, the Halston dress, the one that was an ultra suede, um, which is everywhere now. 
<laughs> I have to say it with a certain word. Uh, I mean, it was quite minimalist. And seeing it, I thought, that's a bit of a bland dress. But the problem with sometimes is whenever you watch something that was an original, that you think, oh, that's that's been there, done that. But what you're doing is you're looking at the original item. And it's a bit yeah. like Alien and all these other films that, you know, that if you weren't aware of them, you would watch them and think, I don't know what they're talking about. Sure, that's been done millions of times. The source material is where it's done first. And you could imagine the shock in saying that because he said himself his design ethos was to do away with the frills and the fripperies. Why have a wrap dress when it actually didn't wrap? Why have a bow on something when it, you couldn't tie it? So his first Halston dress, which when he walks through the park and there's women everywhere wearing this dress. And it's about Jane $185. Yeah, and that's in, in the 70s, so that, that wasn't a cheap dress. But all these women are going mad for for these particular dresses. Nowadays, you would see them probably on eBay for about 30 quid. <laughs> they don't be well, that he, popular. But he gets bitchy about that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem very impressed. He almost seems to belittle things. But then, of course, he, got, cause he, he seems to want these things that are completely different out there. But then it cuts to you going throughout the show and the perfume selling well, which is still I did a bit of research. If you're interested, the perfume is still purchasable, as is the wow. men's fragrance. Um, but <laughs> from the guy who started out saying he wanted to be something different, wasn't so interested in, like, he wanted to create designer products. When he's basically whoring himself out. <laughs> to me, <laughs> to like, yes. I've, got, I've got it in front of me now, the bit, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, did this really happen? So I did a bit of research and went online. Oh, yes, it did. Where he's actually advertising, like, you know, you know, clothing and uh, and basically all, you know, like. What was carpets. It? He does carpets yes. as well. He, he really did you know do it. I've seen the adverts for it uh-huh. and, and, and bags and things. Because obviously the idea is they're just trying to make him bigger and bigger and bigger. So he can. He can sell more things. And I guess that's Mahoney's push. Because what he always, the deal he had with Mahoney was, well, basically he'll, be, he'll, do, he'll produce these products. But you start saying to Mahoney, you will give me, you'll allow me to do what I want to do creatively. Um, but throughout the thing, you've got Victor who's just, he's not likable. <laughs> no. No, he's, oh, he's an absolutely horrible character in that. And it does, he mentions, Victor mentions that he's an artist a couple of times in the series, but I uh, know a piss artist. And, uh, <laughs> but I, do, I would like to have actually, uh, he, was, he wasn't a very good person, I don't think, in real life. I believe that he was actually stealing things from uh, the, the home whenever uh, Holston was dying. They actually had to lock him out of the apartment. But then the thoughts were that Holston actually liked to be humiliated. That's another fetish. And maybe he did, because certainly there's a sex scene in Studio 54 where Victor's given somebody one over a railing. Yeah. And uh, put a colloquially. And Holston's standing watching that. Whereas a lot of people would find that the humiliation of seeing their, their lover having sex with somebody else. And somehow that was so public as well. But Holston, initially you can see Holston going, Oh, I don't like this. Oh, maybe I do like it. Yes, I'll start and watch. Well, I, I, yeah, because I remember seeing that bit, and I thought, just, I think at the end of episode three, and I thought, shit's going to hit the fan after this. Yes, you know, I thought gonna... so too. And it, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, he actually seemed to. So I, I think maybe he, he liked being... Victor was a bit of a switch in many ways in the relationship. 
you could go from from master to servant very very quickly with with um Holston and I think Holston never knew where he was. Maybe he just got off in the excitement and the humiliation as well, Victor, because Victor was never. Holston always liked to be seen as somebody out there and you're never sure what product he was going to come out with next. But maybe that's just how he lived his life, that it was never, never boring. He was certainly never boring anyway. And let, let's talk about Ewan's performance. Wow. Wasn't he amazing? He was incredibly good. And it was just, it was a very interesting thing to see. Because the beauty, I think, probably for both of us is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we went into this with no knowledge of the person. And I'd already seen about the, uh, the, the documentary about him. And I thought, do I want to see this? I thought, no, I'm going to go into this completely. Oh, no. Other than the little bit of knowledge I'd got of who the guy actually was, I went to it completely fresh because we went, we went in it just as a viewing experience, mm-hmm. um, and I found it very very interesting from that point. Um, I mean, Studio Fifty Four, like <laughs> the oh, place of the yeah. damned. <laughs> oh, you know, love to have been there. Um, it would be absolutely fantastic. Now, the dead body that the reference. You remember the woman that gets stuck in the duct? Oh, it was God. a guy. That was yeah, a guy. That I read, I read up on it, read yeah. It. Yeah, I watched a documentary one night on Studio 54, and it's just, it was a fabulous place. I mean, it's no wonder everybody wants to get into it. <clears throat> See, I think it I... Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I think I probably saw the same documentary, and upon watching, it was like, because I'm sure it flashed up a picture of Holston with Liza Minnelli and somebody. I was like, at that point, I knew who it was. I was like, that's, uh-huh. that's Holston. And I think I sent you a couple of pictures in with Minelli and Bianca yeah. Jagger. But it's uh what yeah, it it's like that that's sort of like a very good indicator when things started going a bit bonkers. And I'm watching it at that point now in the show where yeah, I can't get over the fact that Holston didn't go insane because, like, this <laughs> man's having sex with somebody just in front of him. And I'm pretty sure you were meant to see in a slight cutaway thing of two people who's passing were supposed to be Mick Jagger and Bianca Jagger. I'm pretty oh, really? sure who were going, looking at the way they looked. I'm just looking at them. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's meant to be them and they just do it in passing. I was always surprised you never saw someone like Jerry Hall or, or somebody pretending to be, sorry, not acting to be Jerry Hall in this. But you sort of see with Liza Minnelli, it's very interesting because, you know, you see Liza Minnelli getting married. I'm pretty sure her first husband was gay. She seems to have had a thing That's about right. marrying gay people. Um, it must be like mother, like daughter. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, ironically as well, her suit is designed by a gay guy. I mean, she she got dressed in the yellow suit from the yellow brick road too. She did. She surrounded I herself by that, yeah. yeah, she surrounded herself by by gay creative people. It was just that's what she felt most comfortable with. Uh, but yes. I thought the actress who played her was unbelievable. She was phenomenal. It was like watching Liza Minnelli. I I couldn't get it. In fact. It's made me want to watch Cabaret, and I'd mentioned that to you as well, because mm. it's a film as a kid. Uh, I remember it would have been on, seemed to be on TV every so often, and I always thought that's a bit weird. But now I would actually like to see it, because is it not set in 1920s Berlin? I think it's something like that. I've never seen Cabaret. Uh, no, I'm not a huge either. fan of musicals. Um, also me. The, 
I, apart from Rocky Horror. <laughs> well, I did, I'll watch Rocky Horror. Uh, I'll watch, I mean, weirdly, I like Mary Poppins. I don't like, but that's from when I was a little boy. I just seem to like it. It Usually I'm starting to worry about myself slightly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a definite weird fetish in there. There's a Mary Poppins yeah. fetish in there. Oh, well, Julie Andrews was oh, she was gorgeous, um, and she's just a great person anyway. But I'll, uh, you know, yeah, cabaret because yeah, it's interesting because that was sort of Liza Minnelli's big thing. But I knew Liza Minnelli from Arthur. That's how I first ever knew her as an actress from the Arthur and Arthur Two, and was like, hey, because I mean, I did the most stuff as well, so I really like those. And I watched. Uh, I've watched various other things she's been in. Um, she's interesting. She's the sort of person I'd love to meet, but I think, good God, she'd be hard work. And as I suspect, she's bipolar. I don't know what... <laughs> <laughs> what laser you would get? Well, she, yeah. I actually was surprised she's still alive because you just assumed, I thought, oh, I'm sure she's dead. And, and I looked her up online. No, she's still going. Yeah. And yeah, I think actually... I think Drugs, it was alcohol. either yeah and, and everything else that you would have gone through i think it was either ewan or the girl that plays her the actress that plays her actually met with lisa for the holston series and i think it was ewan mcgregor because i think he ewan? sat down with her to speak to her to try and learn more about what the relationship was like between them and what holston uh, was like i imagine being um, fly on the wall for that I'm sure he must have been quite worried, actually, about approaching her to, to find out because he, she was such a supporter of Holston and she was there for him all the way. She was his best friend, probably in some ways his soulmate as well. You get the impression. Mm. And as an actor to, to meet, I wonder when she watched it, how much it brought back to her. You would love to have seen it through her eyes. What was playing in her head? What the what the uh, screening was going on in her head as she actually watched the TV series? I think I'm, I'd be interested to see if she if she did see because I know the Holston sort of family have not been as supportive as, it, oh. as they could be. They've right. not they've said there's not been so much. Uh, there were certain things that were were incorrect in it, and um, I can see what they mean having watched that documentary, which I'd say if you get a chance, John, please yeah, watch definitely. it. I think I think you I think you would definitely enjoy because I found it very interesting just to see it. Um, but the other interesting thing was when uh, Lisa Peretti wanted Holston to marry her. She tried, didn't she? Yes. She was saying, we're, we're, we're a perfect link, and I'm thinking, lady, he isn't what you're looking for. No, definitely <laughs> not. And it was awful because their relationship just falls yeah. apart over time. Oomph. Yeah. Absolutely off. And I think the fact that he tries to take back the fur coat, which is which oh, was a God, connection that's... between the two of them, uh, and she destroys it, certainly was symbolic of the relationship ending at that time. I kind of hope that they maybe would have made up, but they never. Well, they don't. Well, not that we can see anyway, and it's it's really sad. Well, well, well the problem you have in it is again looking at the thing in the background with this. The, the shot that I remember from the trail where I was, I'm never, it's when they got into 54, but I remember watching the trail, I'm like, before I even knew anything about it, I'm like, that's got to be Liza Minnelli. 
There's no yes. way that can't be. It's Studio 54. It's the 80s. Or it was 70s going to the 80s. There's drugs. There's a, a gay fashion designer. That's got to be like something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely superb. But you can see when things were going really horribly wrong when they talk about the, the, the level of cocaine usage. I mean, the fact that he didn't oh, that he didn't kill himself on coke or just his lungs didn't collapse and now he's smoking all the time. Yes, always a flag <laughs> hanging from the lips. <laughs> now, as a former smoker, I'd been there where I used to, I'd always be smoking. But, um, yeah, uh, I couldn't, I mean, we, we know I couldn't do it now. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, my health stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know, cause, and, uh, but you would have, actually, you know, just for your cosplay there, you have to get a cigarette holder. I do have a cigarette holder. Uh, yes. That I, but it's not, it it's not all white. It's not, it's not uh, all white. It was one that had been owned by my great uncle. It's like, I think, silver and some black thing. And I was going to cool. dig it out, but I don't have any cigarettes, so it would have looked pointless. <laughs> I, I I got I have some false cigarettes that I use for uh, Sarah Connor and um, different cosplays that I've used it for. Or I do a version of it called Ginger Connor. Uh, me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you if you don't want your soul back because I'm a ginger, I probably would be the Terminator if I'm Ginger Connor. But they're great. You can buy them on eBay and they actually look like lit cigarettes. So I get to see you wandering around. I <laughs> you have to do this at a convention, hosting to see them. And you need a black would, you need yeah, a black but, but mask as well. Would anybody know who I am? There's the problem. Well, anyway, that's good enough for me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so the the <laughs> getting through the show, the they go through what is it like two weeks of coke in a day or something? <laughs> it's the fact that he actually fucks up his his telephone as well because there's coke <laughs> inside the retriever. And and the can you imagine the BT engineer coming out? Sorry, my, my phone's wrecked. Yeah, sure, no problem. Tap 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 tap. <laughs> There's a lot of talcum powder here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get chafing in places. It's all talcum powder. And there's grams and grams of coke inside the receiver. I mean, it's interesting that, like, Holston, he also moves. Uh, I don't know if he – I can't remember. Did he sell the the wonderful apartment and move to somewhere by the sea? Or did he just buy the place near the sea to – I. I yeah, I think that's sort of his holiday home. So he just uses it to – I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's not the glamour pad that it turns out to be. But in many respects, though, when you're, whenever you look at the design in New York is very minimalist and and his office is all red. I mean, how impractical was that? That poor cleaner having to clean down all those the glass all the time and, and the reflection surface. Imagine vacuuming for the coke as well. Oh, gosh, I know. Listen, there must be slightly lighter patches and dear knows of what else right now for Holston around that place. And then you get to his country <laughs> retreat. And I wonder, did it maybe reflect his country upbringing? I've not thought of that, but yeah, it probably no. would. I don't. Where was he meant to be on when he was out near the sea? Where was he supposed to be? Was he on like Martha's Vineyard or something? No, it mentions a man, Manitouk or something like that. I don't recognise it because he was getting his meals flown out from Manhattan to there. Because Elsa actually takes the piss out of him. That's one of the first times to fall out is whenever she's taking the mickey out of him because her big potatoes a bit cold and and he's given off that the chefs haven't cooked it properly. Yeah, because he's I mean he's just like doing coke, isn't he? While they're all sat around having lunch, and it's like but again having Shocking. the. It's interesting. She goes to the conversation. Believe it or not, me and my dad had today, which is about when coke a... again. <laughs> 
well, he's been saying, son, you've got to stop doing it. But, you know, not that I have a problem. Um, <laughs> uh, we were saying about when you get a certain level of money, a level of spending or spending it. So when you, you reach a certain level of money that you have, certain spending will not mean as much to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas to some people, so say dropping a th- spending a thousand pounds on something, to some people will be like, you know, heart palpitations. Whereas spending a thousand pounds, some people would be, I spent a thousand pounds, I bought something I like, such as. And you see it with holsters, things are going on. Because like the meal thing, he, 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 he's having dinner with Liza Minnelli. Only him and her are this wonderful, like, I mean, in, if you think he looks impressive in the show, uh, I found something on YouTube where they were like doing a tour of it. Cause I don't know if you can buy it or if you, it's like a, a historical importance and use of things. It was huge and incredibly impressive. But there's only the pair of them sat there having dinner, and she's like, you know, nice meal. He's went, yeah, I got it like in from a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's a story he wouldn't even think to make anything. He, he just seemed to have um, a live-in housekeeper. Muhammad, after a while, seems to seems to appear as his help and his guide and his driver. One thing I liked about Holston is that he doesn't see race. He has people of different ethnicity around him, which probably was quite unusual back then because he had black models on his runway. And it didn't it didn't matter. I liked him because it didn't seem to. I mean, Eric was black and it didn't seem to matter to him what color you were, what creed you were. Um, he he was very everybody was the same. Well, you'd vary in degrees, probably of usefulness and creativity on if if he was interested, if he liked you and he was interested in you, it didn't matter what you were. That that's what I liked about the character is the fact that he didn't see race or color. He seen the person, and the judgment he made was on the person rather than what they appeared like on the outside. And he seemed to have a predilection for uh, black and Hispanic men as his partner, didn't he? As well, which was mm-hmm. an interesting thing to see. But when they're at like the his retreat, there's all all of them there. It's when he really lays into. Um, uh, come on, brain. He really lays into Lisa. In a, I mean, he really lays into it. So you're just like, oh, you do, you know, because she was saying, I've done this. I'm professional. I've created perfume. You know, I've been a model. And he's mm-hmm. going, you've done nothing. He, he starts saying, it's me. You owe everything to me. And he treats her incredibly crappily. And she just Awful. storms off. Mm-hmm. Um, which has repercussions later on because when his mother's died and he goes back to see the family and goes to the funeral. Um, he then gets annoyed with her later on by going, you, you know, you, you showed no interest in this. You didn't, you know, you, you didn't support me in any way. Um, and yet I think, does she not say she didn't know anything about it? She did. She didn't. Yeah. He says, she tells him that, that actually he's cut a lot of people out and knew nothing of it. It's funny, actually, in some ways, she says, I didn't know, but she almost admits in the next sentence that she did, she did know it. And she wouldn't have gone anyway. There, there's a way she puts it. I can't quite remember the absolute actual phrase because I was kind of slightly shocked. I got the impression that she didn't hear it directly from him, but she heard it from somebody else and made the decision not to go because she couldn't forgive him. I mean, she was quite highly strong as well. 
maybe suffering from the paranoia of coke because I mean coke is one of those things that makes you paranoid too interesting enough did you see whenever they had their fight early on in in his lovely uh countryside house that he said to he says to joseph i think it is am i always like this or is it just the coke <laughs> or was i always like this or is it just the coke I, i've never mind to realize I've never got the appeal of cocaine. When I heard about the 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 best way, uh, it was Ralph Garman who described it because he was asked by Kevin Smith, "What's it like doing it?" He says, um, <laughs> "He says it's kind of like getting a pleasant shock on like Christmas morning if you went down like ooh." And I'm thinking, why would I want that though? If you're just getting a very short, sharp shock. I'd have to be coked off my head 24/7 getting <laughs> yeah. out of it. I've got. Yeah, I mean, a friend it, of mine it, tried it. He told me that he tried it, and uh, he said it was him and a friend of his before they joined the army, and they decided that they were going to try everything before they got in. And he tried it, and he said it was incredible. Never really? did, only did it once. Said it was incredible, but it's I mean, still not enough to make me want to try it. The thought of thinking about yeah, that, thinking of. Thinking about snorting coke, I do wonder how did Holston have the ability to smell the perfume scent? Because you think Good you'd point. have no no septum left. <laughs> yeah, because that's that seems to be one of the places to just choose choose into. I mean, for a lot of us, like we, you can't try general drugs because if if you got if you got drug tested at all, I'd be out in the hoop. <laughs> if I was drug tested at work, they just go, that's it, there's the door, please go. It's it's not, it's nay worth the the, uh, the 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 harassment, but I would say again, 21st century, not judging your salty tadpoles. If you want to do drugs, as long as you don't drag us into your hell, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you create lovely dresses, we're happy enough. Yes, but it is. I mean, on the cocaine front, it's so funny though. When he's on the phone to Medelli, she's going, "I can't hear you." Click. I know. Like, I still can't hear you. Click. <laughs> And he's like, they're in the paper. And, uh, <laughs> uh, what's he called? Comes to see him. Uh, Joe comes to see him. He's like, yeah. I think we found out why your phone didn't work. Oh, God. That must have been one. Hell. I would say that probably, do you know what it's like whenever you're in a job and you come across something strange with the public? You have to tell everybody. <laughs> I'm sure that was probably a, a legend now amongst um, phone operators. Phone repair people that are probably probably not that many out there now anymore. The time that the guy went to Holston's apartment, <laughs> it was full of cocaine. But it's uh, it's like when he like because Liza Minnelli finally realizes she's got a problem. <laughs> she's going to go to rehab. But I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure Holston fathoms that he has a major problem himself. Because yeah. <laughs> even later on, uh, when when the new buyers uh, eat, eat the the guy that the the accountant chap that he really doesn't get on with at all, the small round boy. And uh, whenever he walks into Holston's office and f- finds Holston off his tits with a cigarette burnt burnt away, it's wondering if Holston actually didn't accidentally set fire to the place, passed out, and he calls Betty Ford Clinic. And Betty's, okay, how are you, Holston? Of course, Holston's like, oh, do you remember that time I designed that and that, that night we had in the party in Studio 54? And I thought, my goodness, I just couldn't imagine Betty Ford in Studio 54 high off her tits on something. <laughs> maybe that's why maybe it was her own personal experiences, seeing her friends mm. melt, melt down. But, yeah, she doesn't really persuade Holston. I think maybe for Betty it was a case that that person has to recognise the fact that they have an issue. You don't force them into rehab. 
like Liza was going to rehab because she recognised it. Holston didn't seem to see it as a problem. Well, the problem that it, is it goes on that Holston has is that basically all these avenues just start to close in on him. And Mahoney loses the ability to help him with funding because he's basically outvoted, isn't he, by the board yeah. members. That was sad, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think Holston um, was... He was trying to, I think, were they trying to put product? Was that when it, around the time things started going through JC Penny? Because you can see basically the wheels are coming off because, you know, Victor finds out he had AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do wonder, did he tell him? Did he actually tell Holston? It's never entirely clear. No, it's not. And, and in fairness, was it Victor that gave Holston the AIDS or did Holston give Victor the AIDS? Because Holston, because there are mention of sex tapes as well with other guys, so they could have both caught it at a gangbang somewhere. It was so so, awful, like it was prevalent back then, and of course, nobody knew what it was. They'd just seen these purple bruises and thought it was some sort of rare cancer. And you can see the headline in one of the papers that Holston's reading, I think it's whenever the telephone operator actually turns up, the TV or telephone repair guy turns up, Holston's reading a newspaper and there's a mention about a rare case of AIDS amongst the gay community. I mean, you just couldn't... I think Pose actually deals with that subject quite well in their series because AIDS starting... AIDS had sort of... People were starting to recognise what it was, and then there was the horror and the fear, and friends were dying and loved ones, and nobody knew who was going to be next, and they knew that probably what they should be doing, but some were still taking chances, and you could fall in love with somebody, and they could lie to you, and actually, you could end up with it. And it just must have been horrendous. It's a bit like, in some ways, I almost say it like the, the virus. I mean, obviously in a very different way, but we're living in a time when there's a huge virus and it's a threat to people's existence. And if in the community, that, that just must have been awful. I mean, and it was in blood, blood as well, blood transfusions. People were getting it. You know, it wasn't just something that the, the gay community were suffering from. It was other people as well. Uh, Isaac Asimov actually died of AIDS, the famous science mm. sci-fi writer, which I didn't know about until last year. I happened to be reading about something about Isaac. I think he was a bit of a womanizer. There was, I think he would have been the next Harvey Weinstein, to be honest, because he was forever groping women at conventions. But then I read on that apparently he had actually died of AIDS and it was a blood transfusion. So it was absolutely horrific thing. And of course, the American government didn't deal with it very well. It was, well, that's a gay thing. We'll not worry about that. And there, there was cut in funding and dreadful. Just wasn't. They were hung out to dry. They really were. Well, it's, also, it's also the interesting thing when you watch this, how when they say to, I think it was Victor, they say it to, don't they? You know, or is it another? I can't remember if it's Victor or somebody else with the sort of saying, we need a list of your partners. Oh, yes, it was Victor, yeah. Was it Victor? And he's going, I'm uh-huh. going to need more paper sort of thing. Yeah. And they were sort of saying that was the problem around that time, certainly with the Studio 54 thing. People were just sleeping with each other left, round, centre. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, if you're sleeping with women, the pill was, was available there was no idea of AIDS or yeah. HIV, so it wasn't an unknown thing. So people were just, you know, having sex with, with other people left, right, and centre. But you sort of see at this point the wheels are really coming off in this, you know, as you're getting closer to the end of the sh- of the, the, the series run because they're bringing people in. Because what 
Holston says to uh, Mahoney is, you always said I'd have creative control. You wouldn't mm-hmm. sort of box me in. And the problem is because he's been outvoted and he's lost power, people are saying, you know, we're going to have to bring some control in over this guy and make sure he's producing the products he's been asked to produce. And they have a guy who's like his manager uh, mm-hmm. or the manager for the fashion stuff who's like, oh, my God, he's looking over the books, isn't he? He's like, what have you been, what has this guy been spending money on? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought it's just, he's a roly-poly guy, yeah. That yeah. Holston and him just go toe-to-toe all the time. Uh, yeah, and he's the one that tries to drag him to the Betty Ford Clinic. But Which I get. It's quite nice. I, yeah. I totally get it, because if I was the guy mm-hmm. who was doing the finances, I'd be like, he's spending, because I think he quibbles on what he spent. Is it hundreds of thousands of dollars on a flight? And he's going, why was he spending this much money? What has he been doing? And then he's, you can see things are getting worse and worse because Holston is wrecked on drugs. Mm-hmm. Victor's threatening to like expose him over stuff. Yep. They're arguing. And he's got the money, the, the, the money men breathing down his neck. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and in the end, he feels forced. Just to get away from all the pressure, he sells his name. He sells himself. He sells this character who is Holston. And that is really the beginning of the end for him. And something that certainly he regrets that he was never able to, and he never got his name back. His name is, I mean, let's face it, the company's been bought over by that many different organizations and companies that it's not not really Holston anymore. Holston went whenever Holston sold his name. Well, what they're saying the problem is, is that he went from <clears throat> being a high-level fashion designer to being seen as the guy who sent it to the masses, but it was J.C. Penney. And mm-hmm. the fashion people as a whole were unimpressed. Um, yeah. But, again, a moment where I remember watching this, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, I can see why. Uh, if I, I wish I could remember his name, but the short, you know, fat, bald guy who – finances stuff he's just getting more and more annoyed with him and he's saying to the board he's just you know he's coming into work he's either what's it drunk or off his head on drugs he doesn't come into late in the day he has people working stupid hours he's producing nothing and that when i leave the office you see this thing where he's leaving the office and holston's hosting a dinner party i'd be pissed i'd be really pissed off (laughs) could you imagine trying to manage that would be horrendous because and his design team, his tailors are, are there from eight in the morning and they're just sitting about, they're sitting playing chess and waiting for Holston to get his ass in gear. And of course, they're forced to bring in another designer, David or something or other, who is absolutely in awe of Holston and really wants to work with him and make this work, and, you know, produce designs that Holston can be proud of. And he seems quite a patient man as well, but even, even Holston, even he pushes Holston to the edge. Um, he, uh, and he's deferential to Holston, but Holston just can't cope with anybody else being there. But hey, He's not the top dog now. They've brought someone else in to actually work alongside, which is a pity, but necessary. <laughs> well, you see the point where it's almost becoming like he's enough is enough with him, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Holston at one stage, it's almost probably like having a walking corpse or something. Oh. just like wandering around out of it. Oh, but totally. I, and then he's, they kind of bring him in to try and 
take him to task, don't they? And it's the scene I love from the trailer. <laughs> from the trailer. <laughs> it's like, you can fuck off. You can fuck yes. off. You can fuck off. <laughs> Everyone is looking at yeah. some of the designs and the advertising agency. He's going like, nope, nope, no. Nope. I was a perfume bottle earlier on. But Tolson, you haven't looked at all those. And he goes up yeah. to the, the ad boards and drops each one off the presentation stand. Nope, 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 nope. And once he put, uh, he was like a surly toddler at times, wasn't he? No. That's the only <laughs> word that he knew was no. And yeah, he's like is, a... Uh... A petulant teenager. Yeah, but you know, you knew at times as well. He'd probably say no, even if it was something that he liked, just so that he, he um he had the last word on it. Well, he was certainly very single-minded, and the things he produced when he was creative were good. It's when he became a drug-addled mess is when mm-hmm. the wheels started coming off, and like the problem he'd had, and you see in the show, is that. When he'd signed the deal with Mahoney, he signed away his... I think that's when he signed away his right, and he probably didn't realize how much he had signed away. So Mm -hmm. when Mahoney was sort of overruled, he'd literally... You know, Holston loses everything. Yeah. And it's that moment when he's, he's, he's out, and he's saying to his lawyer, I want to do something. He's going, but you can't do anything. You cannot produce anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, it was good. They were saying, we'll pay you to basically like, bugger yeah. off. But it's, it's like you can't do anything. So he ends up having to go to one of his friends who's a, uh, who's running a, a show, aren't they, for um, – is it like a ballet or something that's been It run was, off? yeah. It was Persephone, yeah. It, the, uh, the, the Greek tragedy one um, that Hades brings her to the – is it a Persephone – he brings her to the underworld. Uh, he brought her. He kidnapped her and brought her to the underworld, and she wasn't to eat anything, but she ate something. So I can't remember who Persephone's mum was, but the agreement was that uh, Persephone would come to the surface six months a year, and then she'd go to Hades the other six months a year. And whenever she's below ground, that's when the winter is, and when she's above ground, it's like Mother Earth. Do you know what? I can't remember my Greek mythology now, but basically Mother Earth. Is is she's the the daughter of Mother Earth? So whenever she's below ground, it's winter, and whenever she's above ground, it's spring and summer. But the ballet, I mean, the, the costumes designs were beautiful, and that it, it kind of is. Holston, I think, realizes because he poo pooed costuming at some point. I remember that bit. I thought, how dare you, sir? How dare you? What's wrong with costumes? But in the end, he he realizes actually that it's. It's maybe something that he should have allowed himself to be part of years ago, that there is a truly creative environment. And he he actually, un, unlike what he usually does, he's under a very tight deadline and he produces them. But he brings in the, he brings in the designer that that had actually replaced him in Holston. And they work together very well. And the costumes are, are fantastic. Gives a real sense of movement, actually, to the ballet as well. And again, it's probably something that that would have been used and replicated it as well in other ballet performances. He probably set a new standard, actually, for what people wore on stage. I wouldn't be surprised because he did seem to be a, a major trendsetter for the 70s and 80s. And it's a freakish, uh, a, a freakish sort of deadline that he has to work to. But it's also the fact that 
at that point in time, he has basically hung out all his sort of friends to dry, and then uh, he gets in a, a limo, and lo and behold, in the limo uh, is actually one of his friends, and it is Joe, who mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Joe must have some sort of. If I remember, Joe had left to sort of get involved in the funding of um, the arts, and was obviously involved in the funding of that um, that that ballet. And they have a nice little backwards and forward bitching each other, but do actually show some respect. And Joe's the guy he he has the who who goes through the reviews with him, and he actually gets good mm-hmm. reviews. That was very emotional. Did you see the way he had his back to Joe, and, and Joe says, "But I thought the reviews never mattered to you." And he says, "No, no, they, they don't, they don't. But just start off, and they start off with really, really sort of local rags, and then he goes, "Well, what about the New York Times?" And <laughs> Joe reads it out. And it's absolutely a sterling review. And you can almost see, I thought Holson was going to have a little cry. And then when he turns back to Joe again, the persona's back on. And yeah, yeah sure, the reviews don't matter. And it was, But it was a lovely moment. And I think Ewan just was able to, what he was able to do with slicked back hair and his eyebrows and a twitch of his mouth and a set of his shoulders was just phenomenal. Now, there was some criticism that the fact that Ewan is... It's not gay that he was playing a gay character. But as Ewan described it, and I thought he actually came back quite well when he said that to him, the fact that uh, Holston was gay was just, it it wasn't, he wasn't playing a gay character. He was just playing a character that happened to be gay and there was nothing to it. And, and he has played gay characters before as well. Mm. He, he, I think he just does an amazing job at it. Now you've seen, you've seen the document documentary. How did you find, Ewan's portrayal of him with the actual person itself. Um, well, it's it's interesting. Just going back to the to, to the way he looked, he doesn't particularly look like him, uh, and the voice isn't bad. But I'd say he certainly probably caught some of his mannerisms. He actually sounded more like uh, the actual voice of Holston was kind of interesting. It was almost like. Uh, Kind of describe almost a bit of a James Mason style voice that he was trying to to sound like, but yeah. the voice doesn't make a lot of sense because Holston shouldn't sound like that. And within the the documentary, they're sort of saying Holston, if you met Holston on the street and you were say walking to work with him, he's a, he's a bit different to how he is in the office. The voice changes the whole yeah. way he acts with people. I mean, it was interesting within the show as you're getting closer to the end of the, the series run, because it was a five-episode run, that, uh, you know, Holson's finally seen that he's getting back to, to be able to do something. Um, he clearly knows he's, because he finds out he's got a, a HIV. No, is it AIDS? AIDS. He finds out he's got, and he knows that he's, that his time is is limited, and he's there with with a uh, turn to lies and telling about it. And he sold all his houses, you know. And Victor, he sees Victor again, and Victor's trying to like be apologetic to him, but I don't think he's really. He still comes it's across as a shit. No, mm-hmm. still comes across as a shit. Um, I mean, considering he like threatened, he tried to blackmail him, and and just treated him incredibly badly. It's a uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get into that uh, as, a, uh, as an honest uh, apology. No, he uh, he just wanted a million dollars. And that was just the weirdest thing. As you say, it was like 
was like an apology with a, with a with a jab. It really was. He just I don't I, don't, I never really understood Victor because Victor struck me as well as a very unhappy person. That he was continuously looking for something else as well to make him happy, but he didn't know how to be. Well, it's like when Victor was creating uh, the, the 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 shop window stuff. It was never. It was. It didn't make sense. It was just sort of like crazy stuff thrown around everywhere, which I've gathered is the reality of what it was like with him. Um, I mean, uh, by the end of the show. Pretty much, I think everybody involved in it has died at some point. Some have lasted longer than others. Uh, like, um, was it a, a, um, Elisa actually lasted, I think, until only fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Holston, it is true, Holston did go around in a Rolls Royce, touring around the area, you know, the, the, yes. the coast. Yes. Hey, these coasts, uh, yep. You know, basically, so. Aware of his own mortality and that he was going to mm. die soon, and that that was a reality. What happened? And as you said, strangely, somehow Liza Minnelli's still alive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that was such a that's such a shock. And Joe died, I think, sometime into the two thousands as well. Yeah, he died around two thousand four. You know, uh, Maho- Mahoney died in two thousand. I mean, Mahoney was never like he, he was the money guy and he exerted some sort of pressure on Holson, but he's never the bad guy was he, he always he, no, got the feeling he, wasn't. he had his he wanted his money because obviously he's like an incredibly wealthy man and he wants because he owns loads of different businesses and he's saying to his wife you know we can get you a boat sort of thing well it's not going to be a boat it's going to be a yacht but um we'll just have to get more money sort of from Holson or we'll sell it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find mm-hmm. some way of doing these things. And you can tell there's a level of interest because he is apologetic to him about what's gone wrong. That's the difference. He knew how to, there was mutual respect between those two. Whereas the later people that came in just were never going to get the best out of Holson at all. Holson felt abandoned. I think Holson almost had a sort of a slight father son relationship with Mahoney and Mahoney went. And Holson definitely had abandonment issues. Uh, he, because he begged Victor to stay at one point too. Yeah, and he does. Certainly, it, it seemed to be his thing that just begging people to stay. But the end was kind of sad. It was almost like a a driving off into the sunset, which in many respects, I suppose he did. For he apparently he he died uh, in the company of his family. He went back to his family. Yeah. Because they're not actually mentioned. You got the impression whenever he goes to his mother's funeral that the family have abandoned him, but apparently his two brothers or his two sisters and a brother, something like, I think there's three siblings. They were there for him when he died. And no, he least. did have, again, I can see maybe why the, the family aren't overly happy with this show because it doesn't paint them in a brilliant light. And he actually, you know, bleeding it into the, the documentary, he actually had, I think it was his niece or something worked for him. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. had a, pretty good relationship with his family and you are right he, he went mm-hmm. and died he went to spend time with his family he died he, he kind of didn't really tell i think that many people outside his family that he was unwell and and things took their natural course um so yeah it's interesting as a, as a the, the level of reality to the show i think is certainly there um but obviously artistic license takes yeah. place, which is what will normally happen. So the question I'll ask, as I always ask Joanne, is how did you find it and how did you rate it out of 
Five. Five. <laughs> no, not ten, Joanna, as I usually give the that's my career of leading there, just to give an answer out of ten. Um, I loved it. Uh, I loved Hugh McGregor's portrayal. I loved Liza Minnelli. It kind of made me interested in Liza Minnelli in ways I'd never been interested in her before. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the, the glitz and the glamour of the 70s and 80s. found it quite sad towards the end. It was terrible to watch such a, such a major talent just implode. Um, I would probably give it four out of five. And... The reason why I'm giving it four out of five, because this kind of ties into what do you think they should have done better, was this shouldn't have been five episodes. There was so much there. We should have found out Holston and his relationship with Jackie Kennedy could have been a whole episode on its own. I mean, that was the pill box that she wore for JFK's inauguration. I love to have seen that relationship. There is so much they could have done there. They could have had, they could have easily five series out of that. And that kind of annoys me a wee bit that it was only five episodes. Uh, I don't no, understand I, why that was decide, decided to go that direction. I'd agree with you on that because I think that I'd, I'd give it the four out of five as well. I think that it, it's the sort of thing where they probably could have made more series. They could have maybe done the five episodes of a, of a period of his life and then looked at series. If it had been successful enough, looked at doing series mm-hmm. two and going on to do other things to cover it in more detail. Um, but as someone like yourself who came to it with no real knowledge and was just hooked by I mean, it's interesting that we were hooked by a trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't it was just stories. Any, yeah, we didn't have any other knowledge of it apart from a trailer. And we were like, that looks like that could be interesting. Let's let's give that a shot. And yeah, I think that was a very interesting thing. And someone who's gone in with no real knowledge of it, I found it thoroughly enjoyable. I really did. Um, I think it was a very well done piece. And if you pair it up with the documentary that I saw, it gets even more interesting to see what it's like. So yeah, I found that very, very enjoyable. Yeah, it's interesting that both of us want to go on to learn more about him. So that's probably a sign of a good series that whenever you're left thinking, oh, I want to know about this person. And I actually would like to read the book that this was based on, too, as well, just to find out a bit more about him. So that's that's a success in its own for a series that it's actually um, spawned sort of a, a fascination with, with somebody that, that that was famous that we didn't really know much about. We sort of recognise them now for photographs whenever you see things. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, certainly, yeah, it, it's definitely a successful series. It's not maybe done the best on Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of mm, mm. some people think it's not in depth enough, and it's sort of about fifty-fifty. But certainly, I I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Only criticism, as I say, is the fact it's only five episodes. Nope, I'd agree with that. So uh, I would say. For anyone who's interested, it's on Netflix. If you can, I'm sure there are other sources you can find it through. Uh, if you are interested in learning a bit more about him, uh, there is the the wonderful documentary on uh, on the Amazon Prime, uh, which I'm sure you can find on other sources if you have a hunt. Uh, and I would say this is probably the best place for us to stop. I think we've been talking enough celluloid codswallop. So as ever, I have been your host James, and you've just been fashionable, darling. I've been Joanne. Not so fashionable. Sitting in here in a tracksuit top. <laughs> Looking wonderful as ever, though. And on that <laughs> note, bye-bye, everyone. See ya.